Meanwhile, in the pod cave. Welcome back to another edition of the Podman. I'm Brad. I'm Alex. Alex. Uh, See, Alex, you're out one episode. God, one episode. And you're you're fucking up the flow again. God. Damn it. Bring in the new intern. All right. We do do need to take applications for interns. We Uh, got one. Who? No, we don't. (laughs) We do. Yes. That is a can of worms you do not want to open. Intern Jacob is ready to. Is Jacob ready to over. become a to become a graduate from a pod boy to a pod man or a pod mini? Yeah, he's going to be uh, an intern. He's going to be. Well, he's going to be a fill in. He's uh, going to be a Joan. He's going to be a Joan Rivers. <laughs> or he'd, have, he'd probably have to stop being a pod jackass. I was about to say, can he? Does he know when to call it quits? When to kind of like let it go? You know. No. He can't, he, does not. <laughs> no, he can't stop no, I can, himself. I can, I can answer that, no. Peter Mark can attest to that. <laughs> he just can't can't stop himself, right? Can't stop. Can't stop, Cannot. won't stop. Well, uh, maybe we can try him out next time uh, Alex has uh, you know better things to do. Maybe we can try out Jacob then. <laughs> I often yep. have better things to do. I, oh, wow. I did too. I did too tonight. I was hoping we wouldn't record. I was pushing for Sunday, but uh, you know what? Let's just uh, let's just get on. Let's get on with the news. Let's Let's just power through, people. All right, in the news, uh, do we have any news? What's new? I know we have some some things for our. our in memoriam section, but uh, news wise, we, we've uh, got like a, a, a news blast. <laughs> What's can, uh, the news scoop? We can, we, can, we can call it like the news nozzle. It's just go rapid fire through the news. But yeah, let's not linger on the news. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, only give the headlines, getting, no commentary. We're, we're giving a, re, uh, a reboot of the CBS classic Nash, Bris- Nash Bridges, both Don Johnson and Cheech Baron are returning. Whoa. How old are they? They're like in their 70s. Well, they're going to be, yeah. <laughs> I mean, John Johnson was old when he did it the first time. I mean, he was, I'm not old, but he was in his 50s. He's so. his mid to late 60s. They both do. So, yeah, Nash Bridges revival with both of the, both stars returning, Don Johnson and Cheech Marin. Fantastic. Uh, Next. Mads Mickelson <laughs> is, is set to co-star in Indiana Jones 5. Wait, I want to hear about Don Johnson. No, we're oh, not. Hell. We cannot spend 15 oh, minutes talking about Don Johnson. Oh, wait, it's the news nozzle. We're Don like, Johnson is pressure. 71 years old. And how old is Cheech Marin? Cheech Marin? Good lord. This is like senior citizens. I, mean, I have no this idea is our, what the fuck any of you are talking about. <laughs> this, is, this is actually our show, guys. I was about to say, um, they would be perfect for a, another 61 show. 71 and yeah. 74. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> so, to they're in a retirement home, and they solve mysteries. Uh, 
Next. Maz Mickelson from uh, Rogue One and Hannibal is set to co-star in Indiana Jones 5. The assumption is he'll be the bad guy. Uh, or, or he could be Indy's son. He <laughs> could be Indy's son. Yeah, honestly, he could. Really could. Uh, there's an announcement. Apparently, this was news that I didn't pick up. I had no idea this, this happened. But uh, they've announced, Brad, that they're making a uh, a remake of an '80s classic, an '80s trauma classic. Wait, before you the toxic Podman Ron, who's who's uh, squirming in their seats there? Oh, sorry, you hear that? <laughs> Everything. <Yeah. laughs> uh, uh, an '80s classic. Please tell us. Is it Three's Company from, from Trauma? Oh, Lloyd Kaufman. Lloyd Kaufman. Yeah, uh, the Toxic Avenger, starring. Peter Dinklage, and they've signed Jacob Tremblay. Who? Yeah, who is, who is Jacob Tremblay? He's the, he's the, he's the good boys and uh, uh, The Room. Is it The Room? Uh, okay. With Brie Larson? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, All right. That was, uh, we had news there. We have, uh, let's see. Uh, that's an in memoriam. Oh, they've announced the uh, the budget for the Amazon Lord of the Rings uh, TV show. How much do you think? It's a ten episode season. Season one is going to cost four hundred and sixty five million dollars. <laughs> I mean, Jeff Bezos could build another uh, Blue Origin spacecraft for that. I think, right? Exactly. Four hundred sixty five million <sighs> for ten episodes. Good that's, lord, that's ridiculous. <laughs> and no, and I, I, I don't know. No real stars, quote unquote, attached to it, right? I mean, that's this is budget going into uh, the special effects and the production. Yeah, I mean, it's Apparently not going to so, the yeah. staff, right? <laughs> to the cast. Yeah, I mean, like uh, the guy from uh, the Black Mirror movie is in it. Like he's like a character. <laughs> I forget his name. <laughs> Uh, Jacob Tremblay, looking. perhaps. Yeah, oh. I hear he. I hear he's a hot property. He'd make a bean hobbit. Uh, yeah, that's uh, Fast and the Furious. We got a new trailer. We can get into it in a minute. But in the press junket, uh, they've they're, they're now saying that uh, the Fast and the Furious Ten could be a crossover with Jurassic World. Finally, yes, I love that. That's. <laughs> That would bring me into the fantastic, uh, fantastic, fa- shit, whatever, Fast, Fast and Furious, Furious uh, franchise. I was trying to do a lot of. Uh, um, you don't watch any of the Fast and the Furious, Brad? Uh, not since Tokyo Drift, no. Not really. Oh, God. That's like number three. And We've the, got. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. The only reason I watched that one was for uh, Luke What's-His-Face, the kid from uh, Sling Blade, just to see what he was you know, like an adult. Oh yeah, terrible. He was terrible as an adult. With little bow wow, are you kidding me? Shit, man, you yeah. need to, you need to pick up back up. What what, Brian? What do you think? Number four, five, five, probably. Yeah, when the Rock came in is when it really started to pick up. Yeah, that's it's it's absurd, and you like absurd because you like all those guys on the movies. So you would love this. Uh, maybe I would. Maybe I need to check it out. So what's the uh, what's what's the deal here? Let's see if we can. Uh, I've got a little bit more. We're the family. After uh, eight. Nope. Commercial. Sorry about that. I was trying to get the trailer going here. 
Uh, but can I get a little more news out? Oh, sure. A couple more squirts. Uh, <laughs> uh, Alex, this one's for you. The squirts for you, boy. Week. I like that. The news, the news squirts. Well, it's the news nozzle, and then we got a little squirts, a few squirts. Oh, the okay. Right. This one's for me. We're all getting older. You don't get that steady, you know, stream news. anymore. It comes okay. in fits. Yeah. Right. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I'm sitting down for a full ten minutes before I'm through peeing. <laughs> News, they're news drops. They're news drops. News droplets. Right. So, Alex, this one's from you. For you, last week, uh, the internet rediscovered that Hugh Grant's middle name is. Do you know? Oh, isn't this? This was an April Fool's joke, wasn't? Wasn't it? No, it's real. It's real. Um, it's been confirmed. By scoop. <laughs> what was it? Oh, I, I read the article. I can't remember what it was, though. Mungo. His middle oh. name is Mungo. Hugh Mungo Grant. That's awesome. I, all of a sudden, I like Hugh Grant now. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, with a name like Hugh Mungo, I mean... You have a little uh, bit more respect for him. I don't know why he doesn't just go by that. I don't, I don't either. Would. Uh, we've got... Uh, <laughs> The last bit of news, the last droplet, I guess, is uh, Disney has now announced that they patented Disney World and Disneyland has now patented a quote-unquote real working lightsaber that will extend and light up. And kill people. And effectively, it's pretty ingenious. Uh, They showed the patent. What it is is if you took two um, tape measures, you know, they're kind of curved. If you put them back to back and had a string of LED lights in the middle, you could extend it up and, ah, it would, okay. and, and extend it back. So it's a string of LED lights, and then two of those, two of those types of uh, uh, metal ribbons, and it'll make an extendable lighting uh, lighting lightsaber, which I'm sure will cost four hundred dollars. Yeah, of oh, course. Yeah. That's a pretty big feat in like Imagineering. That's pretty cool. That we've, cool. that we've gotten to that level of immersion with our theme parks, that's a little weird. But, hey, I'm down. I'll get a $400 lightsaber. I don't yeah. care. Yeah. I'll do it. You it how, about get a, how about get a job first? Oh. 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 Okay. So I propose, <laughs> I propose we call it the news stream. The news stream. And then it, towards the end, we have a few trickles and drips. I, I like it. I don't know what this is a commentary on, but my stream is fine. I don't. I don't have any problems. With it. No. You're young. You're young. You're a young lad with a strong stream of news. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, uh, yeah. I know we're all laughing and uh, having fun here, but we do have some sad stuff to report on a little bit. Here. We do. <laughs> so morbid. Well, that's 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 all part of life, young Alex. You'll understand one day when your heroes start falling off, such as the lady from Harry Potter. (laughs) Tell tell us who this was. I wasn't familiar with this person. All right, so Helen McCrory, she was in, um, she was uh, Narcissa Malfoy in Harry Potter. She was uh, also... um, Aunt Polly on Peaky Blinders. 
She's like the matriarch of, of that that gang. Uh, really good actress, and I didn't realize she was married to Damian Lewis from uh, a Band of Brothers and Homeland and everything else. Yeah, really lovely actress. Lovely actress. Oh, Gone okay. too soon at 52. <laughs> wow, she was only 52. That's only that 52. That, 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 one, that, that one hits a little bit too close to home, I think. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Not good. Not this good, next not good. one hits really close home, close to home for me specifically. And before you, let me just give a, give our listeners a little hint before you rush into it. Nothing from the bar, sir. Hold the phone. No. Yeah, there you go. Hold the phone. Bitty bitty bitty. Yeah. <laughs> tell, tell us what happened here, Brian. So uh Twicky, uh the his name's Felix uh Silas or Silas, who played Whichever. Cousin It, who played Cousin It on The Adams Family, and my favorite, Twicky on Buck Rogers in the twenty fourth century. Yeah. Yeah. Who? <clears throat> who? I for uh, I think we've discussed this on the podcast before, but I, when I was like uh, nine years oh, old, probably, yes, yeah, I got the inflatable Twiggy robot remote control <laughs> a v, uh, um, toy, and so it was a remote control toy and it had a blow up Twiggy. So it was like a uh, like a uh, like a pool toy on top of a remote, remote control, control car. car. Yeah, I and, remember uh, that. I got it. I got it for Christmas. <clears throat> I loved it dearly. And I believe Christmas night, I slept, I put it in the bed with me. Yeah. And it popped. Yeah, that's what happens when you sleep with your blow-up doll Twiggy. <laughs> it broke my heart. <clears throat> wow. Aww, so, all, all you were left with his feet, uh, his uh, remote control car feet, right? All I heard was bitty, bitty, bitty. bitty. Uh, I did pull up this this clip again with uh, Twiki and a female robot interacting. Uh, Let's let's listen to this and remember. Although uh, we should say that uh, Felix, who passed away way too soon in his in his prime here, uh, he just played (laughs) he just played uh, the uh, the physical part of Twiki. What we're going to hear is actually Mel Blanc, right? Booty, booty, something from the bar, sir. Hold the phone. Nothing for me, thanks. Booty, booty. Booty, booty, booty. Booty, booty, booty. Yeah, that was uh, Dr. Theopolis uh, wondering what happened to Twiggy after a golden uh, robot that looks just like him started screaming booty, booty, booty to him. So uh, that was TV. Were they doing it? Were they doing it right there on the bar with uh, Dr. Theopolis watching? Dr. Theopolis was making (laughs) observations, yes. (laughs) You're going to watch. Dr. <laughs> You're gonna watch, and you, you got no cuckold. You, you got no arms to cover your eyes, Doctor Theopolis. You're just gonna put your hair like a wall clock. Uh, Alex, do you remember Twiggy at all? And do you remember his name as being Twiggy instead of Twiggy? Is this a Mandela have, effect thing, or is it just me? I don't. I have no idea what y'all are talking about. Uh, now that you mentioned Brad, I always thought it was Twiggy too. 
I, not until I, I read the article I, did I realize it was a K, not a G. Wow. I feel like I, Twiggy makes more sense. Twiggy, in my opinion. Twiggy does make more sense, but uh, I don't know. Uh, Budman Run, do you remember the Twiggy action figure? That was had to be one of your favorites, right? I it was. Brian's got it. I'm going to go to my mother's house and dig around. I, I know it's going to be down there somewhere. <laughs> it's like retro we rewind the day. Like, I have dollars on stuff I have no idea about. <clears throat> wow. Twiggy was like one of my favorite action figures. Yeah. He was great. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it was like fully posable like a G.I. Joe, but it was only like uh, an inch and a half tall. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was awesome. I mean, it was a great figure. I got him I mean, on my shelf right now. <laughs> He's looking up at him as we speak. All right. Well, I got let's, my uh, inflatable Twiggy under the bed. You, yeah. you're, you're an adult now. You can have an inflatable Twiggy. Uh, all right. Let's, uh, you know, I think the uh, audiences can't wait to hear uh, Alex's review of his streaming pick here. Uh, let's go ahead and go over to the movies. And before we get into Alex's pick, uh, <clears throat> something that I just watched because it was available uh, a few days ago, The New Mutants. I finally watched that. So it's not quite a retro review. It's not quite that old. Uh, has everybody seen that? No, not. <clears throat> I have. I have. Uh, you know, I, I mean, we certainly don't have to dwell on it because I don't want to spoil anything for Podman Ron or Alex, but, uh, but it was it was not as bad as I was expecting. That being said, there was like maybe about six people in the entire cast. You know, it was not, not a big cast at all. Uh, and it was kind of like a, okay, so what type movie. Uh, but you know, again, it's kind of, it's kind of fun to see these characters on screen that, you know, who would ever thought that new mutants would ever be on screen. Right. Uh, so Yes. Hello. Yeah, well, you're, no, you're you're breaking you're a up a little shot. bit. Uh, I was a little shot. I was a little breaking up thinking about the new mutants, and uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it made me sad. Uh, no, uh, uh, Ilyana was uh, perfectly cast as the Queen's yep. Gambit, uh, and uh, Rain. I thought she was okay, and Danny Moonstar. I mean, everybody did a fine job as much as they could. It just kind of was a uneventful movie, I would call it. <laughs> Brian, what did you think of it? Yeah, I honestly I liked it better than the last few X Men movies. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't bad. The uh, yeah, and it's because I don't know if it was due to but if if they sold the movie on you know how, how because they can do this this capsule type uh, you know movie because they're all stuck in a dome. Uh, maybe that's how they sold Fox on making the movie to keep the budget down, and that's why they kind of tried to stick to like a horror genre. But uh, but yeah, I liked it. I enjoyed it. I, it made sense why it was a hard, uh, a hard genre, and uh, yeah, it was, it was fine. Yeah, so it's, it's worth a watch, uh, Alex and uh, Podman Ron. You should give that a shot. I want to uh, actually now that it's on a streaming service that I can uh, have access to, I'll watch it. There you go. Love it. Uh, any other movies that anybody seen recently outside of our retro reviews? Before we get to the streaming, will. Nothing. Um, Nothing. Nope. 
I've watched anything too. Watching all well, uh, Alex, tell us what what uh, movie you watched. Uh, yeah, as part of the streaming so, yeah, that you unfortunately got chosen for last time. Yeah, so in my in my absentee week, um, I got a little karma on my ass, and I yeah. now I got stuck watching the man with the iron fists, which um, it sounds like would be a great movie, right? Uh, and you know what? Uh, it's on HBO Max, and I I really wasn't looking forward to it. And when I started the movie. I really wasn't looking forward to it because it, it, it starts with this very weirdly edited and very janky fight scene uh, that like is the opening credits. And I was like, this is going to suck. But for some reason, for some stupid way or another, I ended up really just having a good time. And I really didn't mind it all that much. I turned my brain off and I just let this nonsensical action movie just take place and just like I just like fed into the bullshit, and I just had a very fun time. And give us a quick synopsis of it for those of the, oh, the few people who may be unfamiliar with this movie. Um, it's about seven clans in this world, and uh, this is really—it's a really confusing movie. But uh, <laughs> seven clans in this world, and then there's um, uh, betrayal for one kingdom, which is like the Lion Kingdom, and like there's murder happening there and some and the son of this lion king is now trying to come kill the silver lion (laughs) are you sure you watched the right movie yeah this movie is confusing as hell and i really don't really know it's like three different plots all happening at once and they all convene in some way shape or form i don't know I, it, it confused the hell out of me, but I really liked the action, and I thought the dialogue sucked, but all the visuals were pretty great. The colors are really popping. It was uh, a, yeah. Is it fair to call it a kung fu movie? Oh, yeah. It's okay, definitely so, a kung so fu So that's movie. the genre that we're talking here is kung fu yeah. action. Terrible, write, terrible writing and great action. All right. I mean, that's really what you're getting here. Um, yeah. I mean, it's fun. It's just a fun movie to just sit back and, and just watch. It's, if you're just not doing anything and you don't want to think, um, <laughs> it's fun. It's fun. That's pretty much it. Yeah, I recommend it. I didn't have a bad time. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That, that sounds almost like a, uh, a glowing review. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I didn't I, hate it. No, I actually, it, it's just stupid. It's just a really stupid movie, but it's really fun. And I think. Even though the dialogue's really corny and every line is like out of a, like a soap opera, right? I don't know. By the end of it, it's just like you just had a really good time, and it's just a really fun. It's a good visual movie to watch. It's very stimulating. Okay. Um, yeah. Maybe a, maybe a little bit like uh, Sin City in the fact that it's more stylized and kind of goofy dialogue, or no? Yeah, it's like I'd say it's also. I remember because I I watched um. I forgot. Like my freshman year of college, we watched the Mortal Kombat movie one day, and it kind of reminded me of okay. that. It's right. it's very it's got that it's even like the story of how come it's like it's super weird and complex and doesn't really make much sense, but it's it's just really fun storytelling and it's just really visually fun. So yeah, it's a good movie. It's fun. Good, good enough. All right, good. To turn your brain on and watch. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoyed it. All right. Uh, uh, Podman Ron, Brian, has uh, Alex convinced you to watch this movie? No. 
I'm going to watch it. I, 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 I'm intrigued because I, it sounds like it's a cool title. The uh, the poster art for it is pretty cool. So it's like, yeah, I could give that a watch, I think. Well, and, and Alex has got some credibility based off of uh, the TV show I just finished at, at his recommendation. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, I more, can't wait to more. hear about that. Yeah, All right, Alex. So you get to pick two movies now on HBO two? Max. Yes, because one of them we was is no longer on there. So you oh, need to replace a, re, two replacements for HBO Max. You, do you have some oh. choices for us? Oh, no. And, and we've agreed it has to be movies we've all never seen, correct? Yeah, that's what kind of makes it fun. Okay. Mm. See, that's the problem is we've all seen a lot of things. Um, let's see. Has Alex, I, I've thought of one. Okay. I think it's on HBO Max, too. Um, what might Kung, it be? Uh, Kung Fu Hustle. Oh, yeah. I've, I don't even know what that is. Wow. I've, I've seen it. it. Have you? Yeah, I've got it on disc. Stephen Chow. I love it. Okay. How about How about this? Uh, has everyone, has anyone seen THX 1138? I've seen that. Oh. But, but it's been a while, so I, I would say that's a pretty good one. I think that's we, a pretty I, good one. I, I haven't seen that. I think that'd be kind of cool. That's like a good pick movie to pick for, for I think, that that little yeah. area. Uh, Man Ron? Have you seen that? No, I haven't seen that. <laughs> Okay. I very much. I don't think you know what it is. Alex, I was just trying to make him feel included, okay? <laughs> give me a fucking break. All right, give us another one, Alex. That's a good pick. Um, I'm looking at the more recent films. Um, has ever, anyone seen An American Pickle with Seth Rogen? I've seen that. I, I have not. What about, I'm looking here, what about, uh, uh, what's his face, Charlie Hoonan or whatever, uh, King Arthur, Legend of the Sword. The uh, Oh, I haven't, I haven't seen that. Uh, what's, uh, what's the director, what's his face? Guy um, Ritchie. Guy Ritchie, yeah. I haven't seen I haven't that. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. Throw that on there. Throw that Let's on there. there. A good King Arthur movie, right? By, directed right. by Guy Ritchie. So probably a lot of good action in slow motion. Oh, what about the King of Staten Island, though? Alex? I've seen that. I just uh, saw that. Yep. All right. All right. I will say that as I was uh, looking around Amazon, and this, I think it's kind of almost dealer's choice because, you know, Brian, what, what was the movie that you were like, oh, we can be heroes? <laughs> <laughs> where you're, yeah. you protested a little bit on that one. Uh, Amazon is a treasure trove of like really, really like uh, D grade type movies. And not just, you know, things from like the 70s, like The Sword and the Sorcerer and stuff like that. Yeah. But also, uh, I somehow or another stumbled onto Electra Woman and Dinah Girl movie. Really? That, oh, was, that wow. was made with, I, I think it's made in the past like, 10 years or whatever um, with Grace Hildebrandt or somebody like that. That was a YouTube star. Uh, I watched a few minutes of it and it was horrible as you would expect, but it was kind of entertaining, but they also have these things of uh, like independent movies that people have made that are, that just seem like batshit crazy. Kind of like Brian, uh, one of your favorites. Uh, uh, what was it? Uh, Raptor uh, priest or priest. What was oh it? yeah. That, uh, but stuff like that. So that would be fun when we get to Amazon. 
uh, you know, don't maybe you can dig into the the crazy world of uh, these B grade movies. Be pretty fun. Isn't on uh, isn't that uh, documentary of the kids that remade Raiders of the Lost Ark? Oh, I think it is. Yeah, yeah. Shot for shot. Yeah. Now I've seen it, but it's really good. I mean, like you guys. I mean, we. I I should put that on the wheel next time I get you know picked. But uh, but you guys like it because it's it's like us. It's like us doing this podcast. It's you know they're better. Well, yeah, they tried to make the they tried to film it as kids. They all grew up, and they got to get back together to finish filming it. So to finish the podcast. All right, well, hey, we got some. Amazon may be a good treasure trove of uh, of movies that no one has ever seen before. Uh, all right, well, let's spin the wheel here and uh, see who the next victim is. Let me see. Get it turned up here, and I'll give it a spin. Slowing down, and it is. Oh, God. I'll have to share the results with the uh, the crew here because I don't know if they're going to believe me. I mean, this is – I don't know how much more I, – I, maybe if, if it helps, maybe I'll take one for the team because I don't think I've had to do one yet. But unfortunately, the wheel has fallen once again on Podman Ron. Oh. Jeez. I, I I cannot make this up. You see the times, or no, you don't see the timestamp. But I will, I will take a screen grab to prove. God. Uh, so I don't I don't know what to tell you, Podman Ron. You're, I, mean, I feel like Brad's wedges are are smaller than maybe ours. they are. I don't know. That's what a lot of people have complained about in the past. But yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I've heard that complaint before. I've heard that before. My wedge is a little bit too small. Still gets in there, but it's a little bit too small. All right, Podman uh, Ron, do you accept this challenge? Of course. All right. All right. Begrudgingly, he had done. All right. Begrudgingly, I do. Let's, uh, let's take a spin of the wheel here. Let's see here. Ah. And as I... Uh, was just talking about these kind of B-grade movies on Amazon. I think, Podman Ron, you may actually, uh, you may you may be okay with this one. Uh, you are going to be watching Chris Claremont's X-Men on Amazon Prime. Ooh. Oh, I may like that. It is about, it. again, going back to what Brian was saying, uh, it would be like us walking around a comic con asking people what they thought of Chris Claremont. I've seen like five minutes of it. That's about all I could stand, much like his house. Uh, but you may be more successful. You you have a fortitude of uh, the comic book guy. So I think that uh, I think you'll do fine here. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that, actually. All right, look at that. That's I mean, Podman Ron, you have the best attitude of all the Podmen. I do. Thank you very much. <laughs> Well, you can thank a wonderful on the list. Yes. Oh, there you go. I appreciate you putting something good on the list. All right. No, we never, never. Why would we put shit to make people watch Mm -hmm. shit stuff? Uh, Speaking of watching shit stuff, uh, let's go ahead and go into TV land here. All right. What are the pod men watching? Uh, well, we're not all watching Falcon and Winter Soldier, but at least Podman Ron is. 
Uh, I, I fast forward through this last episode uh, <laughs> just to see if anybody yeah. – uh, I fast forward to see if anybody was in any kind of costume or if they fought. So I did a lot of fast forwarding through this episode because there <laughs> wasn't a lot of any superheroes in costumes or fighting. No. But no, it guest appearance, right? Last, yeah. like last episode, uh, we need to cover – because. We've had two episodes since we had the podcast last because we're, we're taping on Friday this week instead of Thursday like we normally do. Oh, so okay. we really need to we need to address last week's episode, uh, which I, I've seen. Alex has seen that sort of thing, uh, and and then go into today's episode. Yeah. So tell us about uh, episode four. What happened in that? Brian, go ahead. Oh, all right. So uh, essentially, in episode four. You you get the turn and John uh, John Walker Cap has effectively you know lost his his mind. So cuckoo for cocoa puffs. So uh, as I've alluded to in the past, uh, issue three forty five of, of Captain America, John Walker's like kidnapped by the Watchdogs. His uh, they put him in a noose. The and he had used the Watchdogs. He had hired the Watchdogs to uh, basically make him look better as a hero. And then when he became Captain America, they turned on him. Uh, but he goes home. The Watchdogs have kidnapped his parents or taken his parents hostage. They make him get in like a, a – they've erected a gallows in their barn because he's from Georgia. Like his parents live on a farm. He get, puts, They make him put the noose on or they're going to kill, they're going to kill his parents. And he decides he's going to break free. So he actually does like a flip over the gallows, breaks the gallows – uses the the noose and the piece of lumber on the noose to like uh you know t- start taking out the watchdogs in the the crossfire his parents are shot and killed and so then he goes it's red rage he murders every one of the watchdogs and the close of the issue is him like holding his parents like you know bullet riddled bodies and he's talking to them as if he saved them. Like, you know, that sure was a close one. I was glad, you know, I'm glad I was able to get there in time, you know, that kind of thing, but they're clearly dead. So that's how John Walker lost his mind in the comic. Uh, okay. How he loses his mind in this is uh, essentially they, uh, Bucky and and Sam are on the trail of the, um, the, flag, the flag smashers. Uh, they locate them, but then at the same, as they're and they're trying to talk to uh, like get them to disengage, right, and and stop the attacks. And they're telling them, you know, you're not necessarily wrong. You're just going about it the wrong way. Uh, and then they get word that uh, Cap's coming in. Cap's got the location, and it all turns into a powder keg. During that battle, uh, Battlestar. Who's who's you know John Walker's Bucky gets hit by one of the super soldiers, uh, one of the flag smashers that's taking the super soldier, soldier serum, flies across the room, hits a, a, a concrete pillar, and is killed. Uh, and John Walker sees Red, chases him down, knocks him out a window. They fall into the middle of the street, and they're in. I'm not sure. They're in some European country. but And then he effectively takes the shield and uh, kills him, a la Baron Blood, 
That's how he killed Baron Blood, if you remember in the comics. Yeah, but takes yeah. the shield and like effectively like beats him to death with the edge of the shield. And so then he stands up, and everyone's watching him. Uh, everybody's got him a, with the camera. a goddamn camera phone, right? Everybody's got a camera phone. Yeah. So they're all watching, filming, and they um, and he stands up, and it pans down, and you can see the bottom of the shield's covered in blood where he's murdered the guy. And that's the way the episode goes off. Yeah. All right. So that episode, I mean, I really, I kind of like that guy that played Battle Star. I kind of, honestly, I was kind of bummed out that he died because uh, I like the actor, I like the character. So, I mean, uh, you there? Yep, oh, yeah, yep, we're here. Yep. We're just a little so, taken yeah. back by Brian's synopsis there. I'm a little yeah, shocked. Yes. So that was, I didn't like that. Yeah, I mean, I, he had to have a, a thing to make him turn. So, I mean, I get why they did it, but you know, he's a good actor, but the episode itself was, uh, it's probably the best episode of that whole series as even as of now, actually, after watching the fifth episode, the fourth episode is probably the best one. So I guess that's pretty much all. (laughs) So that's what happened in the fourth episode. (laughs) So we finally, we got the, the death of Battlestar and, uh, Captain America going nutty, right? That's kind of how, how it ends there. And then it picks up. Well, yeah. Yes. Picks up where uh, he's Brian, in I don't, I, did you Did you touch on the fact that John Walker put a uh, vial of super soldier formula in his pocket? Was that, have we already talked about that? Well, yeah, but he took it. That was the whole thing. Is you saw him put it, you saw him put it in his pocket last episode, in episode three, right? He put it in his pocket in episode three. And at the beginning of episode four, you have a conversation of him and Battlestar talking about, effectively, Battlestar doesn't know he has the serum. Right, right. But Battlestar tells him, he's like, if anybody, you know, if there's anybody in the world I would trust to, to have the super soldier serum, it'd be you, effectively. Right. And yeah. so Battlestar essentially convinces him to taking him, taking it. But uh, the thing with the Super Soldier Serum is it's going to heighten, you know, whatever's whatever's lying under the surface. It's not going to fix it. It's just going to heighten it. So if he's got that rage and that sort of PTSD bu- bubbling under the surface, taking <laughs> the Super Soldier Serum is only going to elevate it. And I think that's what they're really saying is is his time in the military and like PTSD and that sort of thing. That's why he's not a good. Even though he's a good military, he, he was good in the military. There's too much baggage for him to have become Captain America. Whereas right. Steve, Steve was just this optimist who'd never really seen battle, you know. And, and when he became Captain America, he had that kind of like when the point when he became Captain America, he was like he was still like that uh, idyllic boy, you know, uh, you know, kind of mentality right and that was what was heightened that's why he became a boy scout as opposed to john walker who has had several uh, you know tours and and apparently something really bad went down in afghanistan uh, so he's coming in with that baggage and that's what made him break yeah so and then so now we're on to the fifth episode and he is John Walker immediately is confronted by the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And it looks like it's just almost after the uh, he kills that terrorist or whatever, one of the flag smashers. And 
it was a huge fight between the three of them. A great fight. I mean, a fantastic fight. You can tell John Walker's definitely has taken the super soldier because he pretty much almost whips their ass. I mean, he really almost gets one on them. And uh, at the end of it, they take the shield back. And uh, they kind of leave him there. Uh, Falcon takes, well, Bucky actually gives the shield to Falcon and, and walks off. And uh, and then they kind of leave John Walker. <clears throat> and then John Walker is next um, in front of a hearing um, where they're stripping him of the his duties as Captain America. And they're telling him uh, he's lucky he's not in jail. And he's trying to tell them, you know, well, you know, it's, it's special circumstances why I had to do what I had to do. And they've said, well, you know, we've taken that in consideration, but you, you're still stripped of the rank of Captain America and, you know, you're honorably discharged. Honorably or dishonorably? Yeah. No, it was other. No, it wasn't either. It was well, other than honorably. Yeah, that was other good. than honorably. Yeah, it was weird. It was other than honorably. Yeah, and I've never heard that before. So, uh, so then he gets mad. He yells, you know, says some bullshit at him, and uh, storms out of it. And his wife follows him, and they're sitting out in the hallway. And all of a sudden, this foggy figure comes into view, and you're like, out of focus figure, and you're like, oh, here's the big. This is gonna be the big reveal because all week we've been teased that. What were we teased with, y'all? What was it? Uh, award-winning uh, an award winning An award-nominated or winning <laughs> a, uh, actor uh, playing a uh, never-before-seen oh. high-profile character in the Marvel Universe. Oh, wow. Okay. So this is a brand-new so character. Well, no, no, it's not a, it's a Marvel character. Oh, is it? Okay. But, so speculations were running rampant again, you know, this time it was like, ah, uh, John Krasinski, you know, Mr. Fantastic. <laughs> here we go with the Mephisto effect. Yeah, here we go, yeah. Mr. Mister Fantastic. And, and we were all even speculating this week, you know, when I was visiting down in Orlando and talking to Brian and them, we were like, you know, who could it be, you know? Who's who's part of Captain America's myth that, that we haven't seen? Be? Yeah, that we haven't and, seen. And to, be, to be fair, the person oh, yeah, we well, picked... The person, not the actor, the, the actor, actress they picked, but the character they picked is a pretty big character in the Captain America mythos. Oh, okay. Really? Not really. I, I mean, had no idea who it was. Well, let, let Brad, let Brad. Oh, you didn't know? No. So. <laughs> so anyway, so, so we, so here's this moment and in walks in focus, Julia Louise Dreyfus. Ah. And... Doing her, <laughs> the crowd doing, goes wild. And doing her best Julie, Julia Louise Dreyfus shtick that, you know, she does with every show that she's on. I love her. Don't get me wrong. I love her in Veep. I'm a huge Seinfeld fan. Always will be. One of my favorite shows all time. Didn't really care for Veep. Never watched mm-hmm. the new life of old Christina or the fuck <laughs> that was. No one did that. And but she plays the same character. I mean, I've seen I've seen a couple episodes, but so here she is. She's playing that same sticky character, and uh, she's playing what's her name, Brian? Uh, I know. Oh, I always it's long. Look at her. It's long. It's uh, 
Contessa, Valentina, uh, Allegra. Oh, what's they the call, last part? I call they her Skunk them. Girl. I call her Skunk Girl because in the comic book, she always had a black hair with a white stripe in it. What the hell's her full name? Defontaine. Defontaine. There you go. She was yeah. Nick, Nick Fury's main squeeze back in the 60s oh, shield okay. days. You know who I'm talking about? I might. Yeah, now that you say that with the skunk uh, hair, I think I probably yeah. do. But I, I would have never known her name. Yeah. Contessa Valentina Allegra Defontaine. That was who we got. And let me say, the crowd went, uh, I mean, at least... At my place, at my house, it did. I was Gangi, you and Gangi were disgusted Gangi by Dad. Oh, she hated that reveal. Who is Dad? <laughs> Who is Dad? So it was that a huge, Yeah. <laughs> and like I said, it made it even worse that she was doing a lane stick. So it was like, uh, well, oh, my it. God. Can we just, can we just not... So, and plus, like we, we've talked about with this show before a couple episodes ago, the tone of the show just took a weird twist that just came to this, this huge halt in the middle of this episode. I mean, we had this huge fight scene at the beginning, and then it comes to this huge halt right here. And then we go, we leave this weird little scene where she's this wacky scene where she talks to John Walker and gives them this card with no name on it, with nothing on it. Weird, stupid, absurd. And that's all we see of them. And then we go to Sam back at the old Bubba Gum shrimp fishing boat. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, you know, they're fixing the boat up and Bucky comes to help them. Oh, nice. And I swear to God, I swear to God, we have a montage, folks. We, we absolutely. Oh, I fast forwarded through the montage. I forgot have- to. We we have a montage. And a I, what? Like, I, I cannot believe of them fixing the boat up. I oh, like, my oh God. okay. I, I thought it was, I was a, like, like a flashback montage. So okay. So yes, yeah, I, I was like, I cannot believe we have a montage. I think Ron Eaton did a bad job of representing this episode. This uh, episode's great. Wait, you like this episode? I think this episode's great. Of course. <laughs> I did leave one. Uh, let me say, I did leave something out before the montage, before <laughs> Sam goes to the boat. Sam goes to see Isaiah Bradley, and Isaiah Bradley tells him, and it was a pretty good scene, and it, you know, I was kind of like, ah, by it. Um, but I got to say, Marvel and, and the writers really kind of stepped up, and I like the message that they gave. <clears throat> Isaiah Bradley pretty much is like, you know, Tells his story and what happened to him and why it happened, and it was it was it was pretty sad. It was pretty fitting that you know he was part of a group of African Americans who were experimented on, and they were like a a, a team, and his team pretty much got captured, and he rescued them or tried to rescue them, and the government didn't want them to be rescued because they were scared that they would find out they had all been experimented on so they were just going to blow them up you know in this style. <clears throat> right well they were going to just get rid of them and he he went and rescued them and the government was pissed off at him and that's why he said and that's why he was in jail for all those years because he did that and I think that's once, what happened in the comics did it not probably so yeah i think you're right and so they experimented on them 
<laughs> while he was in prison, and it was the through the help of a a nurse, he was able to escape. And you know now he lives in hiding because of this. Well, you know his his word to Sam was, you know that shield can never be held by a black man. And yeah, no, said, no, no self deserving respecting man. No self-respecting no black ever, man like, would ever be Captain America. You're right. Would ever be Captain America. So Sam, yeah, well, he, they said, he goes, the government will never will let a black man be Captain America. And he said, no self-respecting black man would ever want to be Captain America. So he walks, so Sam walks out and defeated. And I was like, you know, that's pretty shitty of him to say. <laughs> well, yeah, so Sam does the whole, you know, the montage. We got to have the montage. Okay. And, uh, and then so, but, but by the end of it, Sam kind of realizes and he says, and it's a great, you know, moment that no one should tell you what to feel. You know, don't let someone else, you know, tell you how to think. You know, be your own person. Think the way you want to think. You or know? be the change you want to see in the world. Exactly. Be and the thought, man in the oh. mirror. Yeah. I, I liked it. It was that, that was a good message. And that, I really liked that part. But the rest of it, you know, the message was good. The tone of the show was just kind of like, ah, uh, it just, and then it ended with, uh, you know, Falcon about to suit up to go after his flag smasher. So well, there, was also, there was also, a, a, well, yeah. there was also a post credit scene of John Walker making his shield. Yeah. Yeah. Right, it reminded Brad, it reminded me of when we tried to make a sword. <laughs> Did he go to Ace Hardware and get a pipe? No, no, Pretty he, much. I mean, he's he's using like his medals and stuff to make this. Ah. And whereas, as whereas the end product looks like a perfect Captain America shield. When he's it, it looks, no. it looks like it looks like no, it looks like a trash can lid that he just like. No, it's not it's that. Bad. You'll see. It looks pretty damn good. I was like, me and Brad's never looked that good. We try to make a shield out of a lead pipe. Uh, but uh, <laughs> only my old man but, believed in me. Uh, your old man, he knew he knew how stupid we were. Hey, so let me ask you this: Did the uh, did the montage was it was it to this? It was. <laughs> we're gonna make a boat. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly it. Your sister's kind of hot. Well, they had that. They had that part too. They had the old cliche that Bucky was flirting with Sam's sister, and yeah. Sam was like, "Don't look at my sister like that." Tango and Cash. Yeah, they tango and cashed it, man. Well, the they whole thing is tango and cash, isn't it? Then they, you know, and during the montage, they had even had like. Sam accidentally like put paint on Bucky's nose, <laughs> and they giggle about it. Yeah, that's weird. No, they did. They did. They that did. was weird. That. But they would have. Uh, he he painted his arm, and he didn't even notice it. Right? <laughs> what? Yeah, the? Bucky put his arm on his face. It was paint. He was like, oh, "You get over here!" Yeah. When they, I was like, when they did the montage, I was like, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a, a five minute montage of cleaning a boat just does it. I'm not really sure if it has the uh, 
the mar- the MCU state of uh, seal of approval, right? I mean, it, so it really does not. What so just, what can be saved here uh, in, in this show? Nothing. We think it's beyond repair. The, no, because they're not going to resolve it either. Like it's not going to. Well, what's there well, to resolve? resolve it. Brian, they they was, we said the same thing about WandaVision. They resolved that in like ten minutes with a big stupid battle. Uh, I, I think they'll they'll resolve it, but it'll be like not satisfactory. I mean, it'll all be crammed together in like the last ten minutes of the show. And well, and well, and John, but John Walker's not going to be defeated. He'll be a, a loose thread that they can. Abuse John, John Walker is going to be part of your Thunderbolts. That Thund- that's what I'm going to say. About. He'll be a part yeah. of the Thunderbolts. Finally, yep. I'm hey. I'll, I'll do a Nurse Thomas uh, thing. I, I have a different theory in terms of what John Walker will end up. Okay. Since Allegra de Fontaine, uh, with that like skunk tail kind of look, she reminds me of um uh, in after uh, during like the Dark Avengers reign, Norman Osborn's um like right hand person. Oh, uh, what was her name? I know who you're talking about. But, uh, yeah. It was it was Hand. Her name was. Uh... Victoria Hand. Yeah. yeah Victoria. She was in Agents of Shield, but she I guess. She was his right hand person. Yeah. Literally. But I'm thinking in my in my in my in my mind, I'm thinking maybe she is gonna be assembling a Dark Avengers ah, team. She's like the, think, the opposite Nick Fury. Yeah. That's what I, I like that. Yeah. I like that. I think that yeah. Or even, you know, it could be like it could be Abomination, and it could be U.S. Agent, you know? There's all these characters that are still floating around that still, you know, like the Dark Avengers, have that same gimmick as an Avenger. I got the Iron Monger. The Iron Monger. There you go. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's tons of stuff to do. So I I, I think that we could possibly get a, be getting Dark Avengers. Oh, uh, you know what? And, and, and to tag on to what um, Alex just said, what I read an article today – on screen rant was uh, this appearance by Julia Louise Dreyfus was supposed to happen in Black Widow, and it still could happen in Black Widow. She's supposed to be in Black Widow also, but they thought <laughs> she was going to premiere in Black Widow. But Black Widow was scheduled before this show, about last year, but because of the COVID, everything got switched around. So in what uh, Alex is talking about, she could appear where she recruits the blonde Black Widow, and there's yet another person in this Dark Avengers setup. Elena Belova. Yeah, so okay. uh, she could she could be doing that. She's dancing all so, over the globe. Because I I don't know I don't know if you if I would want U.S. Agent on the Thunderbolts. I think he fits better onto that kind of a story arc. But you know, we shall see. Like, yeah, I think you're right because you know Thunderbolts are are mainly just villains in disguise, rebranded as heroes. So, yeah, I, I could see, I could see the, the only problem with that is they're too similar. Like if you're doing both of those things, whoa, one of them's got to go. Like yeah, one of them Thunderbolts and the other. It could be both. We'll see. Yeah, they can combine uh, them both. The only person I want to see come back. In uh, the, from old films, it's Justin Hammer. Like I just want Justin Hammer back. I would love to just get a Justin Hammer TV show. I'd watch the hell out of it. I'm sure he'll be in Armor Wars. I would love Justin Hammer to come back. He was so he is the best thing about hell about the whole Iron Man franchise. He was awesome. <laughs> Justin Hammer's fantastic. Hey, I've got an idea, Brad. 
and and we may need to sidebar it to an extent, but Uh-oh. I want to pitch it real quick. All right. On the wheel, on the wheel, can Alex have a separate wheel <laughs> where he watches the movies we reference that he never seen? <laughs> that that would like, be appropriate. Yes. Like Tango and Cash and stuff like that, and so he almost gets like a retro wheel. So he spins and he has to watch something that we've all seen that he's never experienced before. Oh God! <laughs> almost to get him caught up to speed. He needs to get the references, definitely. Yeah. All yeah. Right. He Alex, has his own separate wheel. We we, we should just have an Alex homework a homework session for him. Uh, I'll that's true. And we just assign him a movie. There you go. Hey, you've, you've got to watch movies for your real class, so why not your podcast class, right? I'll, I'll, I'll do a wheel. I'll have my own wheel. Extra credit with Alex. Extra credit. All right. Look at that. Two new segments. Wow. The Look news, at us. The news stream and extra credit. The news stream. Right. New theme songs, Brad. Get to work. I know. A lot of theme music to write. Uh, moving things along. Are, uh, Invincible. Uh, anything to- worth talking about for Invincible? Uh, this last episode um, was just kind of a standalone sort of a story. Uh, you're getting hints of is robot bad or not, you know, uh, but it was really Mark and his girlfriend and uh, Adam Eve. And uh, who was the bad guy in this episode? It was the uh, guy that was making Frankenstein monsters out of college students. No, 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 no. That's that's today's episode. That I'm talking about last week's. La- oh, last oh, week's oh, was, was, God, uh, it was so awesome. Last week's Machine Head. Fantastic. Machine Head. Yeah, Machine Head, and you get the <laughs> debut of uh, Battle Cat, which Battle Cat's a big deal uh, throughout the series. And this is the – I, I did – I think I watched this, the uh, lion guy. Yeah, and he almost kills Mark. He almost kills Invincible. No, but who is the guy who uh, who tricked Mark into doing all this? Titan. God, that that was an awesome ending. I, I tell you, this show is fantastic. Yep. I, yeah. I was not a fan of episode four. It was kind of boring. But episode five last week was just freaking yeah. fantastic. I mean, I, I, it was great. It was yeah. He, You've got so Titan, who is the guy that Mark beat up the first time he went out <laughs> on patrol, uh, comes back like basically hunts him down because he's working for a mobster called Machine Head that um, is making him do all this stuff. So he basically tells Mark, "If you'll help me take down Machine Head, I can walk away." And Mark believes him, and Omni Man tells him, "You know, you're just being used. The guy's just using you." And but Mark helps him, but Machine Head. Can foresee uh, can foresee all these different scenarios uh, before they happen. So he's brought in his own like rogues gallery to take out Invincible. He saw he, he predicted that that Titan would do it, and one of those that he brings in is Battlecat, and Battlecat beats the ever loving shit out of uh, Invincible uh, to the point where he's he's almost dead. And then the Guardians of the Globe. To, Omni-Man no, sees what's happening, but he doesn't come in to save Mark. He puts it, he anonymously alerts the Guardians of the Globe to save him. Uh, and they all get, like, just wrecked as well by Battle Cat. <laughs> and uh, uh, the end of the episode, the turn is um, that uh, Machine Head, they take down Machine Head, 
and Titan becomes just it becomes the kingpin. So he was using Mark, and they've got uh, Cecil takes Mark's blood, and they're trying to use Mark's blood to figure out if there's a way to actually kill uh, uh, Vitramite, right? Because they know that Cecil already knows that that um, Omni or highly suspects Omni Man's the one that killed uh, the Guardians. Oh, the oh Guardians. yeah! Oh my God, that, that show was. That episode was so freaking cool last week. And this episode wasn't bad, but man, it wasn't compared to last episode. So. All right. So, Alex, are you watching Invincible yet? No. No, I'm not. All right. You refuse to. Good for you. Stand your ground. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. He needs to watch it. It's he good. Has no yeah. idea what he's missing. I mean, it really is a good show. Even this week was pretty good, too. I, I like this. It's, this show is incredible. It really is. Well, a, a couple of shows I wanted to see if they're as incredible as uh, Invincible. As soon as who, whoever who's walking around rummaging through the pantry. Uh, sorry, you weren't going to get his fork rinds. Jesus. <laughs> no, I'm good eyes. Oh, okay, I'm yeah. Good. <laughs> uh, yeah, is he, has he, is anybody aware that there's a new Kung Fu show? I'm aware. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's about it. That's, that's about it. Okay, that. no desire to watch that. I'm just going to rattle off a few things. Uh, Superman and Lois. Anybody watching that still? Uh, uh, not. I'm like three episodes behind. Okay. Yeah, I'm saying, but I want to watch it. I mean, I I don't have anything bad to say about that show. That show was really good. I just got behind with it. Alex, anything? Uh, no. What show? Uh, never mind. <laughs> uh, what about uh, is Stargirl still on? I don't know if Stargirl is still on. Season two hasn't come out yet. It comes out over the summer. Uh, and Supergirl is ending up. It's it's going to be coming back to to close out pretty soon as well, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it was already back. I thought the ratings were like really poor right now. Uh, another one that popped up that I was I watched one episode of. I'm not sure if anybody else. Uh, Mythic Quest. With our good friend, I've seen all of Mythic Quest. It, it didn't take with me. Did it, I assume it did with you? It gets better. It, it gets like uh, the pilot. It's like he was like, I don't want to play Mac. I want to play something different. And then by the second episode, he's like, I'm just going to play Mac. Oh, okay, good, good. All right, that's what we got. <laughs> is that with Rob McElhaney or whatever? His yeah, name yeah. Is? McElhaney. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It wasn't Man, like fantastic, it. but it was, it was worth, I mean, uh, you know. It's worth it, it if we weekend. have nothing else to watch. Worth a weekend. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Brian's like- weekends are packed with uh, <laughs> filling up uh, binge-watching stuff. Uh, I do it for the listeners. There you Doing go. It for the listener. Uh, all right. Well, let's, uh, anything else TV world, or should we get on to a uh, retro review? Uh-oh. What you got? I got something. I uh, uh, and I got to give uh, kudos to Alex for it. Uh, we started watching Ted Lasso. Oh, look at that! Jason Sudeikis, Jason Sudeikis uh, uh, Apple TV. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Crazy. You love it, right? It's yeah. It's great. He's a coach with a heart of gold. He's a coach with a heart of gold. He's like this. He's a different character. I mean, to what Alex said, he's like super optimistic all the time. And honestly, that's why people don't like him is because he's always optimistic. He's always trying to be positive. 
uh, he says some of the like <laughs> the craziest shit. Like uh, his his analogies and the things he says, uh, it, it, it's so off the wall sometimes. But it's like he'll he'll say something. You're like, what the hell is he saying? And then by the time he gets to the end of it, it, it he paints this picture that snaps into focus. So wise, like so wise immediately. You know what I mean? Uh, excellent show, excellent show. And I guess they've announced uh, they're doing seasons two and three now. They're doing three seasons. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Oh, sure. And if and if you watch, basically they map out seasons two and three at the end of the last episode. Yeah, right? he goes. He goes. At the end of because the, the if you at the end of the season the team gets relegated which is basically they didn't win in the uh, the and it, well they get it's almost like they're a triple they're uh they're a uh a double a baseball team and they get kicked down to triple a ball it's like yeah it's like they, so, it's like they're put into the minor leagues because their record is poor yeah and so basically at the end of, at the end of the season uh, Ted Lasso is like you know what uh, we're gonna Get promoted again back to back to the major leagues, and then we're just going to win the whole fucking thing. Yeah, and he goes, "All right." <laughs> he goes, "Can we make? Can we be promoted back?" She goes, "Yeah." At the end, uh, she goes, uh, "You can move up at the end of a season." And he goes, "All right, well, one season to move up and one one season to win the whole fucking thing." There you go, and, they and that's like, the so three seasons. Yeah. Damn. All right. Well, very good, Alex. I'm still watching that show. PMR, you need it. to. Yeah, You're the only one. Oh, no. I started watching it, and it was good. I just couldn't keep up with it, and I just kind of gave up on it. So I need to watch it again. That's very good. But you got to pay You got to pay attention to the dialogue. It's just some of the stuff he says. It's like uh, it's so fast, and then it's a li- it's complex, like what he'll say. And, and, and would, but but if you pay attention uh, when the punchline hits, it's fantastic. Yeah, it's pretty brilliant. Hey, have I talked to anybody into watching Happy Endings yet? Oh, not yet. No. All right, fine. <laughs> it's a quick-witted show too. <laughs> All right, let's see what's happening in the past. All right, uh, Podman Ryan, take us back to the 80s, or not the 80s, the uh, 90s, rather. Uh, take us back to the mall with mall rats in your extensive Kevin Smith uh, retrospective. Mall rats. Uh, you know, uh, these movies are silly. They're stupid. What the hell is that? That was um, but I mean, this movie is probably of all the Kevin Smith stuff, probably, uh, probably one of the, one of my favorites. I mean, it's it's dumb. It's 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 uh, it's uh, it, it is what it is. It's a product of its time. But there are some funny skits in it, funny scenes in it. Um, and uh, God, I, I really don't know how to describe this movie. I mean. It's uh, disgusting humor, of course. It's pretty much started the Jason Lee's career. I mean, you know, Ben Affleck's career, um, both of those. Shannon Doherty, this tells you what it is. Shannon Doherty was like the huge star in this back in the day. Not a huge star, but she was like the recognizable star in this. 
when this came out. You know, nobody really heard of Ben Affleck. Nobody heard of Jason Lee. And Michael uh, Rooker. Yeah, I didn't even know that was Michael Rooker. I mean, back when I, you know, it was one of those things. Was like, oh, Michael, this is Michael Rooker. I mean, I remember the guy back in the day when I watched it many years ago. That you know, the girl's father, but. I had no idea that that's who Michael Rooker played. I, so it was kind of funny. It was like, ah, oh, damn, really? This is freaking Michael Rooker. Uh, I mean, so watching this is, uh, it's kind of funny to see where all these, these careers went and, and, or went nowhere on some of these cases on some of these people. Um, I mean, they're like the two. The other main guy, his career, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, I really haven't seen him around, but he kind of went nowhere. I mean, I don't think he was in a, ever in another Kevin Smith movie, nor was his girlfriend, um, which yeah. is weird because they t- constantly reuse these characters on cameo in other movies. So I don't yeah, think these two ever cameoed in another movie. But didn't... Did, wasn't there something, and, and I don't think I'm making <laughs> yeah. this up, but wasn't, wasn't Shannon Doherty, like, difficult on set or something? Was it she what? Didn't she big-time him, like, on set? Yeah, like, she was She was a, she was a difficult uh, person to deal with, supposedly, on set. Uh, I mean, I, I don't doubt that, because, like I said, I mean, this was during her heyday days of the late 90s, I mean, the mid-90s, where, you know, she had just... She had just quit, you know, 90210. You know, she was a couple of years out from that, which she was kind of a, a bitch from that. And she was, like I said, she was the <clears throat> the big name recognition of this cast back then, you know. She was it. So, yeah, I don't doubt that uh, she would have done that. I mean, the other guy was uh, Jeremy London, yeah. who played T.S., I never saw him in another. I don't recall seeing him in another Kevin Smith movie. And did he? And uh, I'll tell you, the the babe in that movie yeah. was uh, Claire Florlani. What was her name? Claire oh, Florlani. Yeah, she was she was absolutely a baby doll. But I don't recall seeing her in anything else. <laughs> Alex, and, how does it feel? <laughs> you know, I mean, how does it uh, feel when uh, your old man calls somebody a baby doll? I feel very. <laughs> Well, I mean, come on, she was attractive. She, she was, yeah, she's, yeah. That's why. That's what we call them, baby dolls. Yeah, baby dolls. She was hot. But she, this was also uh, Joey Lauren uh, Adams's first movie with him. She played someone totally different than yeah. what she plays in Chasing Amy. Finger cuffs. She yeah. wasn't finger cuffs she in this. Finger cuffs, but she was showing her dirty pillows, if <clears throat> I recall correctly. Yeah, she was. Yeah, she was a baby doll too. She was pretty. Yeah, she's not so much now, but she's pretty then. <laughs> Um, God, we will never make it. So, I mean, it's kind of funny, though. I mean, to watch these, you see, this is where we get the first uh, Tell Them Steve Dave, you know? I mean, this is right. This is where, uh, yeah, which is pretty funny. This is Brian uh, Johnson, who is, you know, big, big, large. Brian Johnson, he's just this skinny guy, you know. He plays Steve Dave. Well, that's what Walt Flanagan says to, you know, tell him Steve Dave, and that's where the podcast comes from. And yep. you know, he was a, he, they were a recurring character in the this universe. Pretty funny. I mean, I, I mean, that's the stuff I like about these stupid movies. I, you know, I like these reoccurring characters that that 
that they continually use. And uh, I mean, that's the kind of the funny thing about it. So yeah, I, I would I would definitely recommend this movie. I, if you if you haven't, just like Clarence, if you haven't seen it, it's, it's a product of the '90s. It's nostalgia. It's it's pretty funny. And I know this was his least popular. I mean, it made the least money. But ironically, I think of all his movies, this is the one everybody really likes to go back and watch. It is the most rewatchable, if and I'm sure just because it has a lot of uh, nerd stuff in it and everything. Uh, but it, it, it kind of is along the lines of something like uh, uh, National Lampoon's Vacation or something like that, to where it's like it's almost like comfort food, you know. Uh, the other movies may have uh, thought about stuff too deeply, certainly Chasing Amy or Dogma or something um, like that. Yeah, this oh, one doesn't really try to make anything about anything like that. It's like, yeah, this no. is just kind of a stupid, silly movie uh, that actually works on a lot of ways. But like you said, uh, it's, it probably is the in a lot of ways the most least popular of his movies, but it's kind of the most uh, digestible. Yeah. yeah, you can have this on in the background and do whatever, and it's kind of funny just to look up and see what's going on and go back and watch it, whatever you're doing. I mean, it's it's just a funny movie. I mean, you know, the premise is stupid. I mean, but, you know, what what starts off this whole movie, which is kind of funny, I thought, what starts off this whole movie is in Clerks, they throw, have a throwaway line of about a girl who drowned in a pool. Right. You know, it was Dante's uh, ex-girlfriend drowned in a pool. And so they go to the funeral and get thrown out of the funeral and all that. Funny bit. <clears throat> well, the girl who drowned in the pool was supposed to be on this stupid little game show that they're having in a mall, which is dated really big. And uh, it's that girl that drowned in the pool. She had an aneurysm because of because of something she was trying to lose weight so it all it kind of connects to clerks and so it starts off mall rats I, I mean that's the kind of stuff i like i think it was kind of clever that he did that you know it's just this little universe that he made and uh this movie is dumb and it's you know the humor is kind of disgusting and gross and kind of dated but dick and fart jokes it, go a long way in the 90s right it really does, you know. I mean, but uh, you know, with the finger down the the butt, oh, you know, yeah, and yeah. you know, give them a, a stink palm or whatever it's called. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just stupid. So, so what? What's your uh, what's your next uh, Kevin Smith movie? What's next on the list? I, uh, I'm gonna go go ahead and go into Chasing Amy. I'm gonna, you know, <clears throat> that's the next one on the list. So I'm gonna go ahead and plow on through it. All right, just like they did. A, just, just as they did with Amy. Yeah, just plow right through it. Uh, it, it you know, Chasing Amy, I've, I've watched parts of it recently. Again, uh, something about these movies that just screams 1990s, where it's just like, ugh. I don't know if it's the, the the film stock that was used in addition to, you know, the clothes the and the music yeah. and all that stuff. But it's it's kind of hard to, hard to take sometimes, the 90s. Well, I mean, I don't know. I, the 90s was... Oh, it was a fun time, actually. I mean, for I thought for all of us. I mean, we had, I mean, we just all hung around together back then. So it was, <clears throat> you know, it, it, it just kind of brings back good times for all what right. I think about. So right. good. So I would give. I would give dogs. this. I would give this a uh, absolutely dirty uh, pillows. 
<laughs> I would give this a four. Uh, probably, probably out of nostalgic. So. All right, Mike, that's good. That's good. Uh, 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 shoot, Alex, have you watched Mall Rats? No, not okay. at all. All right, well, see, I would honestly, I would honestly think, Alex, you being a film want to be getting the film and stuff, that you would really look at Kevin Smith on what he achieved and watch some of these movies. I mean, like I said, they're not great movies by no means, but they had something to them that attracted people and attracted the, the studios to do, to, to make these movies. I mean, he was literally nothing. I mean, and, and, and rose to where he's at now. And I mean, no, he's not a Steven Spielberg, but he is, he has made himself relevant here. What? Almost 30 years later. So, I don't. I don't know what PMR is trying to say about my screenwriting ability, but you could be worse. You could be worse. That's what he's saying. I won't be Spielberg. I will be Kevin Smith. No, I'm just saying. Study the man. There's nothing wrong with Kevin Smith. I mean, study and see what he did, and you know, I I would I would uh, take notes from what how he achieved what he did. And, and, and speaking of studying, I'm curious, oh. Alex, I just thought of this and tying in with one of Brian's favorite movies. Uh, have you uh, have you studied Robert Rodriguez at all, Alex? You know, I studied Robert Rodriguez extensively as a child. You know, that was as a child, Robert well, Rodriguez. Have you watched my Desperado or Once Upon a Time? El, Mari- El Mariachi? No, no. Well, before you watch those, Alex, if you haven't already been assigned it, you need to read his book. It's an old book now. Uh, Rebel Without a Crew uh, is the story of how he, you know, was when he was making El Mariachi, uh, he would go and sell plasma and stuff like that so he could pay to get film stock and, and all this kind of stuff. So uh, he's a you know real guerrilla filmmaker, much like uh, Kevin Smith as well as our – uh, dear friend Lloyd Kaufman as well. So, all, all good fine filmmakers that you could copy off of. Uh, and, and you've you've got the trilogy. It's El Mariachi, Desperado, and Once Upon a Time in Mexico. Alex, those right. are there. You go. Three good films. Each increasingly, you can tell that the production he gets more money not from selling his blood, but uh, he gets more money. Each increasingly gets a little bit higher uh, quality film there. Um, excellent. So, hey, speaking of higher quality film, Brian, you decided to go back in time and watch what has got to be my favorite of the Jaws franchise. <laughs> Jaws really? Revenge. I love it. This is Michael Caine, right? I mean, this is, this is award-winning people appearing in this stuff, just like Julia Louis-Dreyfus. It's fantastic. Uh, it is. It is. And, and after my – and, Alex, I'd love for you to go back and listen to my uh, – uh, Superman three review. There's oh, yeah, a lot, definitely. a lot to unpack. We found out a lot about that film, right? It was almost like a, a film class 101, a bad film class. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, like, where did it go wrong? Yeah, <laughs> the name of the segment, Brad. Where did it go wrong? <laughs> That's good. Where did it go wrong? So uh, yeah, so in that vein, I was like, you know what? What's another famously bad film that I can watch and try and decipher and figure out where it went wrong? And I picked Jaws the Revenge, the fourth Jaws movie. And uh, so uh, 
chronologically, the first Jaws and the second Jaws featured uh, Chief Brody, right, and Amity Island. The third Jaws film uh, uh, was set in Florida at what was effectively SeaWorld and featured uh, Louis Gossett Jr. and uh, uh, Dennis Quaid playing Michael uh, Brody. Did you guys know that, that that he played Michael Brody? Yeah, yeah. Dennis Quaid. Yeah, so Michael Brody, Brody in Jaws 3. Okay. I had no idea. So he was uh, like an, Oce- uh, an, Oce- uh, an oceanographer? oceanographer. Yeah, something like that. So, and that's why he was in Florida. Now, so uh, Jaws the Revenge, starting out the film, uh, <laughs> it starts with a first person perspective shot from the from the shark's point of view. As the shark swims up to Amity Island and, and effectively stalks the Brody house. They li- apparently live on the shore, uh, you know, like a, 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 up, you know, just off the shoreline and he's stalking the house. And, uh, so that's when it starts. Then you find out it's Christmas on Amity Island in New York and, uh, that you, they quickly establish that Chief Brody has died of a heart attack. And his his widow says it wasn't a heart attack. It was that shark. You know, it was the fear of the shark. And, you know, the shark haunted him. Yeah. Yeah. The shark haunted him till the day he died. Right. (laughs) He kept prank calling is what I heard. Yeah. Yeah. Now, and at this point, which this is setting 1987, the original Jaws was in 1975. So it's 12 years later. uh, Michael is in the Bahamas working on some research grant, and his younger brother, Sean, is now a deputy for the Amity Police Police Department, right? And it's Christmas Eve. The uh, uh, Sean's about to knock off for the night, go meet his mom and his fiance for dinner. When he's told he has to go out and there's some debris lodged in the harbor and he has to clear it before the fishing boats come in in the morning. So he goes out in the boat to get it, uh, and it's actually like a log that's stuck in one of the dinghies in the harbor. And uh, when he goes to get it, the shark attacks. Uh, first it rips his arm off, and then it uh, pulls him off the boat and kills him. Hmm. Uh, the next morning, and while they're singing Christmas carols, you know, practicing for the Christmas pageant or whatever while he's dying, so nobody hears, nobody hears him screaming. The next morning. That that was the uh, tagline, I think. At Christmas, no one can hear you scream. At Christmas, no. Actually, <laughs> the, the, I'll get into the, the, it did have a tagline. Oh. It's an interesting story about the tagline. Now, so uh, uh, Sean is dead. Michael, his wife, and their daughter fly up for the funeral and to check on Ellen Brody. And she's determined that the sharks are, hunt, uh, are uh, hunting them. She wants Michael to stay out of the water you know, give up his career, all that good stuff. Uh, and they tell her, well, why don't you come back to the Bahamas with us and spend Christmas with us? You can't stay here in Amity by yourself. You know, come with us. As they leave Amity Island, they have to take a ferry to leave Amity Island. Uh, as they leave Amity Island, it pans back to the log. <laughs> and the log has teeth marks in it. So I guess you're led to believe that the shark took the log and stuck the log, lodged it in there, lodged it in the dinghy 
to lure Sean out into the harbor and murder him. That shark is very hell bent. Now, do they we took the time? They, yeah, they took the time as the ferry's leaving. They pan back to show you that log that's washed ashore. And it's got teeth marks in it. It's like it's the smoking gun. <laughs> and or do we? And you may get into this. Uh, do are, are we to believe that this is a relative of the original Jaws? Uh, they don't ever say that. They don't. Ever but you say would that. think that, right? <laughs> now, yeah, I would like to give my son props because they because the twins watched this with me last night, and uh, uh, I'd like to give props to Jonah who said uh, that shark was the original shark's college roommate. <laughs> That's why he was seeking revenge. Yeah, because they're like, didn't the first shark blow up? I'm like, yes, it did. <laughs> so then that's what Jonah said. This shark was the original shark's college roommate. That's, that's a good <laughs> Come assumption. Back for uh, all right. So now we're in the Bahamas. You've, uh, oh, and, and you're introduced to Michael is now stopped. Dennis Quaid did not come back, and they've recast Michael uh, Brody as Lance Guest from anyone? The no. last Starfighter. Oh, okay. I was trying. I I didn't recognize the name. I knew the face. Okay, yeah, very good. Lance Starfighter, and they're flying to the Bahamas. They have to fly to the island uh, with a little Cessna pilot, uh, who's named Pokey, played by Michael Caine. And uh, Michael Caine chews scenery and does his damnedest to try and save this movie at every. And point. he does. <laughs> he does. Between now, him and Mario Van Peebles, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. Uh, was he in uh, and, the, Was Mario Van Peebles in this one or three? This one. He was. He was okay. in this one. Right. He was in this one. So uh, essentially, the uh, the tension continues to build. Elaine's, uh, uh, Elaine, uh, <laughs> Ellen is convinced that the shark is out to get them. The shark shows up in the Bahamas, and uh, and it's uh, Mar- Mario Van Peebles, whose name is Jake, sa- even says. Don't sharks like cold water? Uh, why is it in the Bahamas? Which, I guess that's to try and explain why the shark showed up in New York in, at Christmas. Yeah, they love cold water. Um, they don't love cold water. But, uh, you know, so uh, so that was kind of like a throw. I was like, oh, that's how they kind of try to tie that back. Um, but the shark is now stalking Michael as he's trying to do their science you know, their science experiments for the grant work, which is all underwater. You know, they have <laughs> right. to go. They're, they're tagging conch shells and, or something. <laughs> so, uh, but Michael doesn't tell anybody because he knows Elaine she, uh, freaked out. And it comes to the crescendo that uh, the granddaughter is on a banana boat out in the bay. Um, and the shark attacks the banana boat and eats someone. But it's clearly that it's trying to get the granddaughter and just misses and grabs the person behind the granddaughter. Uh, And so Ellen's like, that's it. She gets on the boat, uh, goes out to the the sea, and she's determined she's going to kill the shark. Hoagie, Michael Caine, Jake, Mario Van Peebles, and Michael, Lance Guest, get in his Cessna to go find her and crash the Cessna into the ocean next to the boat to get on the boat. 
with her. <laughs> so they're all together uh, in the sinking mess of a. They're, they're <laughs> all together in the sinking, right? In the sinking mess of a boat. Uh, Mario Van Peebles decides he's got these these transmitters. If he can get the shark to swallow a transmitter, they can uh, um, jerry rig the other transmitter to send a shock and shock the shark. And so he goes out on the mast with no without tethering off and and effectively get you know gets the shark to swallow the transmitter by falling into his mouth. Yeah. So it's a wonderful plan. Um, and the shark swims away, and they start shock, shark, shocking the shark, and Alan rams the shark with the broken mast, to which it sinks underwater and inexplicably explodes. It, too, explodes for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> and, the, and the kids look at me, they're like, why did it blow up? I'm like... If you puncture a shark, it's going to explode. Everybody knows this. It is known. It's going to blow up. So uh, after watching this, and I went and researched why. Where did all of this go wrong? Why? Why did this happen? Uh, all right. So essentially the reason why they rushed to make Jaws 4 the revenge was a immediate knee jerk reaction to a film we've talked about before that they, that Universal thought was going to be a huge hit that flopped tremendously in 1986. Do you know what that film was? Uh, I don't know. It is directed by George Lucas. It is God a no. Marvel Comics pro- a Marvel Comics property. Howard the Duck. Howard the Duck came out in 1986 and tanked. Uh, And there was also Legal Eagles came out in 86, which did better. (laughs) But still, because it was Redford and everybody else, it oh, Hang on, hang on, hang on. I lost my uh, headset. I lost my notes. Uh, Because it was Redford and everything, the budget was so high, it barely broke it. (laughs) Okay. So uh, they decided... For summer 87, they had to come out swinging, right? Now, the uh, at the time, uh, Sid uh, Seinberg, who was the Universal chief executive, was the one that put this all together. He said, we're going to do a Jaws movie. They had a conference call in October um, of 86 and wanted to release it summer of 80, 87. The film was in production for nine months. It's the only Hollywood film, like uh, like action film like that, that had ever been, well, I guess probably film ever, that had been written, pre-production, shot, post-production in nine months. Uh, and that's that's the part of the big reason why it is what it is. Now, so uh, Sid, who, uh, Scheinberg, who was uh, one of the chief executives, reportedly got into a fist fight with Frank Price, the president of Universal, over Howard the Duck, uh, because they both blamed each other for greenlighting the movie after they uh, from the uh, once the losses were uh, were revealed, uh, and then Frank Price ended up resigning. Uh, the script was done in in five weeks, 
the the inception started October of 1986, and the film uh, released July 17th, 1987. Um, the reason they made the movie the way they did is because Aliens had come out in 86 and was a huge success, critically and uh, uh, financially. And so they wanted to have – they wanted to change their demographics from teenagers. They wanted to – they wanted to have a female heroine, Right. So that's why they made it Ellen Brody as the heroine. Now, who is played by Lorraine Gray? Do you know who Lorraine Gray's husband is? Wasn't he an executive with Universal or something? Sid Sheinberg. You're right. Oh, yeah. So the guy that put this all together, he's trying to figure out what blockbuster they can do. Aliens has been super popular. He looks across his kitchen table, and his wife played Ellen Brody in, in the first two Jaws movies. Let's make a Jaws movie, and you'll be the hero. <laughs> now, at this point, she had not appeared in a film in like four years. She had retired from acting and was actually uh, a, uh, a a book agent. She worked for a, book, a publishing company as a, a, liter- a literary agent. Um when this all came together. Her last film had been Spielberg's 1941. Now, early parts of the script called for Roy Scheider and Richard Dreyfuss to come back. Originally in the script, it wasn't Sean Brody that got killed on the boat. It was Chief Brody that got killed on the boat. When he, when Roy Scheider read the script, he's like, I'm not coming back for this. Right? I'm not coming back to be, I'm not coming back to be killed in the first five minutes. Richard Dreyfuss's part was to call he was it was a cameo of him calling Ellen Brody to give her condolences. That was the part they wrote for Richard Dreyfuss and he told him no to. Um, <laughs> now, uh the script at one point in, in an attempt to to explain the shark's motivations, the, the script actually featured a witch doctor that was controlling the shark. <laughs> that would make sense, right? I just want to know, and maybe you touched on this, but how did the shark travel from New Jersey to the Bahamas? In the yeah, same it, much I mean, like that's, that's a long trip. For a shark much like swim. Kong, it's a three thousand plus mile <laughs> swim that he effectively made in about three days. It could happen. So, totally happen. Yeah. Um, now back to let me I'll jump back a little bit. Well, let me let me ask you this also: How did he know where they were heading to? Did he have so, many, That's why the voodoo dog, the voodoo thing, makes sense. I'm assuming. Path, I'm assuming I mean, they were discussing they, it on the ferry, and, and he was just trailing the ferry and overheard. He overheard him. I mean, he, he overheard him. Um, now, to Brad's point a second ago. Uh, the tagline, they were trying to rip off aliens so badly that they said, um, <clears throat> aliens tagline was this time it's war, right? For aliens. <laughs> the tagline for Jaws the Revenge is this time it's personal. It's personal. Hell yeah. So, wow. all right. Now, last few things, last few points. Mario Van Peebles character originally died in the film. So the original, the original film ended with the shark being speared by the boat. Mario Van Peebles was eaten, and audience didn't like it. So they reshot on the Universal's lot 
<laughs> and they wanted to keep it a secret, but they reshot on Universal's lot because they had a huge reservoir tank. And uh, the reshoots then had Mario Van Peebles dog paddle back over, and he's not dead. Somehow the shark just let him go. He's just maimed by the shark, but not dead. And uh, that's when they decided to add the ch- the shark exploding because I guess the shark just sinking wasn't visual enough for you yeah. to realize that the shark was actually dead. It was, you know, because it's underwater, it's kind of murky. They're like, well, was it really dead? Like, it was confusing. So that's why they added the shark explosion at the end. Which, again, there's no reason why the shark should have exploded whatsoever. Now, the best part of the film, the best, easily the best part of the film was Michael Caine. Michael Caine was chewing scenery the whole time. Michael Caine was doing his damnedest to try and save this film the best he could. So Michael Michael Caine had just been nominated nominated for Hannah and her sisters, right, for an Academy Award. Uh, so he was coming in hot to the film. The uh, they signed him, but he he could only work on the movie for one week. His filming for that whole fi- for the whole movie took place in one week. Wow, that's why he's a, an actor's actor. He he got it done. An actor's actor. Uh, his his character was Hoagie who was originally in the script a drug smuggler, but they left that out. They cut that out. Um, He was nominated for for the Oscar. The week he was filming is when they had the Academy Awards. He asked to delay his filming so he could attend the Academy Awards, and he was told no and won the Oscar. So he had to, he had to, uh, he won the Oscar and couldn't be at the Academy Awards when he won because he was filming the Stern. That just happened to be the week he was filming the Stern. And, uh, probably the best quote of the whole thing. There's lots of people that said we shouldn't have done it. They said it was impossible. They were right. There's lots of quotes like that, right? Uh, Sid Scheinberg said something to the effect of someday somebody's going to say we need another Jaws film. Like, you know, like the property can be, you know, can be revamped or, uh, touched again. But Michael Caine said, when asked about this film, I won an Oscar, I paid for a house, and I had a great holiday. Not a bad, not, a bad, <laughs> not bad for a flop movie. <laughs> won a house, won an Oscar, and spent a week in the Bahamas. Yeah, I don't know why people, you know. Yeah, nothing to complain about. People are so stupid. They feel like, you know, that he should be ashamed of that. It's like, hell, I didn't write it. I fucking didn't direct it. I just started it, made a bunch of goddamn money, and, you know, I had a good time while filming it. Why wouldn't you feel And they could Caribbean or somewhere or another, yeah. yeah. I won an Oscar, I paid for a house, and I had a great holiday. Absolutely. Not bad, not bad for a flop movie. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, hats off to him for it. So, yeah, that's a terrible movie. I, I, it's, you know... I, I remember going to see it at the theater. I mean, it was like a. I do. I, I went. I dragged my uh, girlfriend at the time to go see it, and uh, she was excited to go see it. You know, we were like, "Oh, that sharks! You know, he's got a revenge. He's out for revenge." <laughs> Finally, a shark know, revenge movie. We we never really sat back and thought about, well, how the fuck is a shark making revenge on these people? But well, you know. Here's the thing, too. It was shot on <laughs> so quickly 
that and Brad, I, I don't, I didn't remember this from when I watched it. It didn't click when I watched it. But most of the shark scenes, it's like the shark kind of like reaches the water, but whatever he does is off camera. Like if he bites something, you don't see him bite it. You just see him breach and then swim away with whatever he took. <laughs> and, and, and it's almost when you watch, it's almost like you can picture guys just throwing the shark at the boat. It's like they just have this stuffed shark. And they just throw it in the direction of the boat, but you never see the shark actually move. And, and like <laughs> its eyes never move, its mouth never moves. <laughs> Even when it's carrying off a victim, it's just floating by with its mouth agape and, and somebody <laughs> laying in its mouth. So well, I still say it's the best of the franchise, just like Jason X is the best of the Friday the Thirteenth. <laughs> oh God, Jesus Christ! Uh, so you oh. you can dissect that one next, Brian, if you so dare. But it's a fantastic movie. All right, so uh, Alex uh, has. Are you interested in the Jaws franchise now? If you're awake, Alex. Yeah. Okay, there he is. That sounded that sounded overtly convoluted, but you know what? I, I'm I'm excited for a shark movie. Really convoluted. I, I could watch that or Shark Tales, but you know what? I think I'll watch Shark Tales. I'll watch Shark Tales. You'd be just as just as well off. All right. Well, uh, I, I know we, Brian. That was a fantastic dissertation of another bad movie. So we we I guess we're going to have to have yet another fucking segment for Brian. Whatever you want to call this segment for you, Brian, because it's much more. It's a deeper than just a retro it's- review. It's like a bad film masterclass. Okay. Bad film masterclass. It's a masterclass in poor filmmaking. Okay, I like that. So we'll have to we'll have to think about. I don't that. know if it's poor filmmaking or what are they thinking of? I mean, what 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 is their thought on this? I mean, what was our thought on going to see this? I mean, I don't. I, I just I don't know. Movies have got. I don't want to say movies have gotten more sophisticated because we just got a trailer to. Fast and the Furious 9, and that looks absolutely absurd, but I don't know. I don't know what the hell we were thinking of then. Hell, I don't even know what we were thinking about. So. All right. Well, let's, let's, uh, I know Pod, I think Podman Ron, you had a little something that you were looking at, right? Yeah. Well, you going to play the thing into it? Are you what you looking at? <laughs> I will play. <laughs> Uh, I mean, come on, man. You're going to play my music? (laughs) Play the music? What you looking at? There you go. There we go. There. Now, now ask me my question. What you looking at? I listened to you, you moops. You couple of moops. Who told me Barry was great. Yeah. And this show I have heard for years. I'm talking about back in the comic shop days, back in the nineties, I kept hearing you guys talk about this show. And Barry? so no, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. This show I'm about to go into. I I kept hearing you guys talk about this show. But you know, I was poor, so I couldn't afford HBO and couldn't watch this show. But now I got HBO Max. So no. I started watching this show. And I just don't get it. Oh, I don't get it. I'm, on, I'm I'm going into season three, so I'm hoping that the season three gets really good, like a lot of shows do. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give you that. Okay. But I'm watching the Larry Sanders show. 
Ouch. That one hurts. So what, what do you I not get, get though? I don't, okay, I don't get yeah. what you Wait, don't get. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, okay. I enjoy it. It's I enjoy watching it. It's not a bad show. It's just not a laugh out loud funny show. It's not like a oh my god, that's pretty funny. It's just there. It's, it's a just smart man's like, comedy. I don't know if it's <laughs> do you is it a comedy? I mean, is it I don't see anything laughable about it. I mean I don't like the way it ends where it's just like I'm a freeze frame on something that's stupid and it's not really funny. And it's like, uh, I don't, wow. I don't, the only thing I really like about this show is like the CD celebrities from the nineties, you know, pop in and you right. see how young they are and you see a, <laughs> a young Bob Odenkirk as his agent and you're like, Oh my God, that's Bob Odenkirk. Look how young he is. That's the stuff. It's kind of good, but the rest of it, like I said, it's watchable. I like watching it. It's entertaining. It's just not funny. It's not like right. laugh out loud funny like I've been led to believe all these years. So let, let, me, let me, yeah, let me, let me. Now, uh, now again, now again, I'll preface that I'm only on, I'm starting the third season. So I'm, I'm hoping that we're. It's the one of the, you know the first two seasons of any comedy like or any better. show yeah. is always like the the <laughs> hard to watch season that it usually takes off in the third season. So right. well, let me let me let me address this real quick for you, Ron. Right. So I'm on right. Rotten Tomatoes right now. So uh, to uh, to appease you and 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 give you that sigh of relief, would you like to know what the Rotten Tomatoes score is for season three? Yes, a hundred percent. All right. I'm going into that's the good news. What was was season one and two? 95% because then that's not going to be good. 100% season one. Season two, 100%. Yeah. 100%. Season four, 100%. Season five, 100%. Season six, 100%. The show is, it's, and the whole series. Oh no, that's that's Zendarius of Gary Shandling. Yeah, the whole series is rated 100%. What's the audience uh, score? 72. Uh, 83. Ah, <laughs> uh, there you go. That's about right. Let's see. 83. Mm-hmm. What's season six? Oh, What's 83? season one and two? 88 is season one. Mm, well, season I, two. I would give it between a 75 and an 80, honestly. I, I just, like I said, it's watchable. I like watching it. It's good. It's 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 entertaining, but it's not laugh out loud. It's not funny. I mean, I don't even like. It's amusing, but it's Jeffrey Tambor's character is probably the funniest one on there, yeah. and it's just because he's just a sad sack. I mean, <laughs> I mean, Gary Shandling is likable. I like him. He's yeah, he's, but he's, he's Jerry good. was never the funny one on Seinfeld. Exactly, but no one so, else is funny on this show. Hmm. Rip Torn, I like Rip Torn. Rip Torn's fun. fantastic, but like he's not like every once in a while I find myself chuckling, like Brad just did. <laughs> <laughs> just, just a chuckle under my breath. All right, you know, but mm. like like mm-hmm. a hearty laugh, like oh my god, that was that was pretty funny. Like I used to do on the Seinfelds or some of the other shows I've watched. No, I don't. I don't get you it. You are in the minority on this one. 
Yeah, but how many, how many shows do you watch that you actually laugh out loud? And uh, Oh, I laugh out loud, Brad. I laugh out loud. All right, all right. I mean, there's I many shows. Yeah, I don't either. Yeah, like, uh, well, I don't. I can't think of the last time I watched a show that I that I laughed out loud for because it's uh, it's 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 an educational humor. It's it's a smart, it's a smart man's, man's humor, humor. not not the Three Stooges. Yeah. <laughs> Just like Happy Endings, by the way, is a very smart show. <laughs> Brad, Brad must, is a Happy Endings an HBO product? It's, it's mean, an ABC show. That? It's an ABC. Are you show. sure? Are you sure it's not your network doing this? It's on HBO Max, but it's an ABC show. Oh, okay, uh, let me uh, throw in Happy Endings here again. <laughs> it's very smart. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't lead you wrong, down the wrong path here, buddy. <laughs> Brad throws some happy endings. I will you. say, I will. I mean, I'm only on. I'm starting season three. Okay. Uh, you know, so I may come back in a couple of weeks or next week and say, "Oh my god, it's the funniest shit." You know, truly. But like, I laugh out loud at Parks and Rec. I laugh out loud with The Office. Yeah. I laugh out loud on some of those shows. South Park. I laugh out loud. I'm not really? laughing out loud with Larry Sanders. <laughs> not. <clears throat> Alex, what was the last sitcom you laughed out loud on, you think? Oh, probably Ted Lasso. I think okay. I probably laughed a couple times on Ted Lasso. But, well, that, that's that Andy Griffin. That's a good oh, that's one. That's not a sitcom. That's yeah. not a sitcom. Yeah, uh, Ted Lasso is a, is a good sh- comedy. Yeah, we call it um, a comedy, right? But it's not a laugh out loud comedy, is it? Yeah, maybe. I mean, I'll, 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 I think laugh out loud and chuckle or not. Laugh out loud is ha! You know, I, I, I'm gonna ch- I chuckle at, at uh, Larry Sanders. I chuckle at uh, uh, Ted, Ted Lasso. Lasso. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I can appreciate it without you know <laughs> pissing my pants. I want right. to piss my. If you're gonna tell me it's a comedy, okay. I want to piss my pants. Now laugh we know. He wants a chance. He wants there to be at least a chance some pee comes out. Yeah, exactly. Well, at, at his age, there's a pretty good chance of that with a chuckle. That's true. Uh, uh. All right. Well, uh, geez, I don't know what to tell you other than try happy endings. And <laughs> after that, if you don't want, if you try don't like happy it, endings. it's only three seasons. One of us has really got to watch happy endings to help Brad out here. <laughs> we got like an episode title. Brad's got to invest. I think Brad's the producer, and he's just <laughs> we're like, trying no. to bring it back. <laughs> I mean, damn. Hey, if if uh, Nash Bridges can make a comeback, Brad. Yeah, yeah that's, that's true. true. I mean, come on. I mean, the Podmen made a comeback for Christ's sake. Exactly. Yeah. I wonder who sat in a board meeting and went. You know, we need to bring back Nash Bridges. You know, this whole pandemic's got everybody very <laughs> on edge. What can we do to entertain the world? Who sat there and thought we got to bring Nash Bridges back? There has not been a cry. I don't even think anybody remembers Nash Bridges. I don't even think anybody remembers Don Johnson, for God's sakes. He was in Watchmen. <sighs> Who? Nothing. Yeah, Nothing. exactly. <laughs> so. Alex, you, you're, you're return. Well, thank you for that, Podman Ryan, that fellow no shit that you were just spilling out about Larry Sanders. <laughs> Alex, you. this is the most quiet you've been. <clears throat> And especially since we missed you last week, uh, do you I have feel, anything to say to to round us out here? I feel yeah, like I the, feel like 
Alex is, is less engaged this week than last week. <laughs> I think this is an episode just for y'all week. to relish on the old things that I know nothing about. Um, yeah. This is not a this is a lost generation to me. Um, yeah. I I don't know anything about this, um, so it's better I just don't talk and just shut my mouth and stick to my man with the iron fists. You know, I guess I don't know. No I did my work. Iron fist. Yeah. I did my work for the week. Uh, Brian did a very comprehensive review on Jaws. Um, Dad talked about some Larry Sanders show that apparently was popular in the 90s. <laughs> and I don't care about any of it. <laughs> well, what did you think of Falcon and Winter Soldier? You really didn't talk about that. Really oh, bring, bring it full circle. Let me make a little point that you and I talked about about Falcon and Winter Soldier. We can't go uh, back. Where are we going back to Falcon and Winter Soldier? Yeah, oh, yeah we're going back, Brad. Alex is going to. Uh, well, it's Gary Shandling. I feel like the reason why uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus was that character. They're saying, "Hey, let's you know we love everybody loved Gary Shandling in Iron Man, right? Two yeah. and and uh, when he came back, ah, uh, oh, maybe that's he, what Julia. Okay, so Julia and and he basically he just played Gary Shandling. Right, he was Gary Shandling the senator, right? But it was Gary Shandling. So uh, maybe that's what they're kind of shooting for with uh, with uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus. She's just playing Elaine in the Marvel universe. Okay. The name's different, but you're gonna get what you're used to, you know. So, yeah, okay. I like that. Good theory. Yada yada yada. I need you to kill the president. <laughs> I, I I hope they do that. <laughs> I hope they do that too. So I, I uh, so Alex, what'd you think of Falcon Winter Soldier? You didn't really say. Uh, yeah, I think it's I I think it's fine. I love it. I think it's good. I think it's better than WandaVision. Man, he's think, all over. I don't. Think, I think it's fine. I think I love it. I think it's good. I think I think it's funny that Brian doesn't think it's like the best show when he was the one who predicted it, and I thought it was going to suck. But I'm the one here that actually likes it. I think I think it is better than WandaVision. I think it's a better show. I think it does more with its characters and it means more to the MCU overall. Pretty good. I like it. Okay. Good writing. Maybe next time when we're actually talking about the show, you can chime in with some some of these thoughts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> instead, yeah of, instead of two hours later when we're trying to wrap shit up. But yeah. I mean, hey, timing is uh, everything, they say. And let me go back since I'm going back in the, <laughs> the show. <laughs> what is the Gary Shandling show? All right, Gary Shandling's show was on Showtime before Larry Sanders or anything. And Gary Shandling's show was – it was like your uh, comedy, but it was like your kind of like sitcom comedy on a set, like like Seinfeld and all. But what, it was just really well written and really, really like kind of broke – it literally broke the fourth wall. Right, right. What would happen is uh, when he would go somewhere – he would get in a golf cart and and ride to the next set. So like you, they'd pan out where you could see his house set and the grocery store set or the golf course set or whatever. He would get in his golf cart and you'd see him and he'd literally just drive eighteen. But he'd stay in character. Would he stay in character? character? Yeah. Okay. So it's like you watching as a studio audience. It's like yeah, you watching yeah. as a studio audience. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Because I didn't know there was a Gary Shandling show until I started doing research. And, and honestly, Gary Shandling's show, 
probably has a lot. Uh, Seinfeld probably has a lot of Gary Shandling show DNA in it. Yeah, that's probably a fair statement. Just like Curb has a lot of of Larry Sanders in it. I'm guess I'm guessing I'll have to watch uh, the Gary Shandling show. But well, that, how long the, was the it question on? Is where do you find Gary Shandling show? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's. Uh... Even the theme song was, it's the Gary Shandling show. The Gary Shandling show. Like, that's all it is. This is the theme to Gary show. Shandling show. It's the Gary Shandling show. I feel like I, uh... I'm missing Gary Shandling now. He's been dead for like five years. Right. So Again, uh, just to repeat uh, last night, you got to watch the uh, documentary on him. The Zen Diaries yeah, of Gary Shandling. Think, very interesting. Maybe... Maybe this will give you the appreciation for Gary Shandling. Maybe yes. that maybe you don't see him as the the national treasure that he is or was. I don't think I did. So, Honestly, well, I don't think so I may, did. So maybe maybe you'll get, garner the appreciation. Yeah. I remember you, you guys talking about him. And then, back and then Larry the Sanders will make more, but, uh, be more meaningful for it. Meaningful yeah. for you. Yeah, I mean, so. I, I remember you guys uh, singing his praises back in I the love day. Gary. And, you know. Yeah, back, I love back in the last Gary episode. Show. I remember no, you guys talking in... about him about two episodes ago. <laughs> about <laughs> 20 minutes ago. <laughs> All right, Alex, take us out of here, please. Oh, Until Lord. next time. Until fucking next time. Save this shit for the podcast. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> That's gold. <laughs> <laughs>